Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert, and NFT Tones is joining us on this Friday, so very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Cardano is being heavily criticized for its Vasil Fork upgrade. Founder Charles Hotskins dispels the rumors in a recent speech to investors. One of Ripple's biggest critics makes a U-turn, now endorsing the utility of the XRPL, while Jim Cramer is urging the SEC to crack down on crypto scams so the CFTC doesn't have to. MTV is embracing the metaverse as Fidelity macro analyst is calling Bitcoin cheap at these prices. Is this another example of crypto winter being a thing of the past? Tokenization has found its way to the film industry as Hollywood is now going digital. Ethereum is also the talk of crypto Twitter. With the upcoming merge this September, we discuss the effects this could have on the digital asset ecosystem. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling. But before we do that, I want to hear from Billy. So Billy, I know you went to the dentist today. I hope you're feeling better, my friend. What's on your mind? What's up, fam? It's always good to be here, bro. NFT tones is real. I thought he, I thought he was gone for a while in the metaverse. Good to see you, bro. I miss you, man. Abs, it's always good to see you, and always good to see the the people in the chat room. And where in the world is Johnny? That is the question. That is the question, and hopefully he joins the live stream. But we got the man, the myth, the legend. NFT tones is in the building. NFT tones. Any updates for our listeners before we dive into the news? Of course, we got updates. But first thing I gotta say is. Look who's looking sexy in that camera because my camera is working today and I am more than excited. But we got awesome. updates on Riot Racers and a bunch of other games and it's exciting to see what's go been going on in this metaverse. Awesome. So we're going to get this thing started. But first, I want to give a shout out to our warrior maniacs. Johnny Crypto would want me to show you guys out. Show us some love. Smash that like button on this Friday. We're going to dive into our topics. But first, our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account, at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every single member of our team. So go smash that follow button. Currently, we are two followers away from 1,650. So go show us some love. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is climbing a little bit this morning, still in moderate fear, sitting at a 33. But here's what's pretty, well, not exciting, but devastating to the crypto market today. The total market cap is $1.02 trillion. Bitcoin is 39%. Ethereum is 20% dominance. Bitcoin is sitting all the way down at $21,300 this morning. We're continuing to range between twenty dollars and $24,000, so that's something we're going to be watching. Ethereum taking a big dip below $1,700. XRP is $0.33. Cents. Cardano is $0.46. Cents. Solana is $36. AVAX taking a big pullback. We're at $22.58 this morning. Stellar is $0.10. Cents. VeChain is $0.03. Cents. And I want to scroll down to Quant. 
which is at $100 flat, could be an amazing buying opportunity in the market. But Billy, before we dive into our topics, what's on your mind? Bro, there's blood in the streets. Let it bleed. Like, let it bleed. I hope it drops even more so I can buy more. Uh, anytime Quant gets under $100, I'm going in hard. So, yeah, this, this is exciting time. This is, this, is, this is the time that you want to stack and be prepared. Uh, hopefully it goes lower. Just DCA in every week, every two weeks, whatever your plan is, uh, and just, just watch it, man. NFT Tones, we've continued to cover Quant on this channel, and we are finally dipping below $100. Me personally, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to begin my dollar cost average process, but what projects are you keeping an eye on? Well, besides Quant, I've been looking into Gala and some other upcoming uh, NFT games that have been releasing coins, so, such as like Chumby Valley and stuff like that. And it's interesting to see that a majority of these coins are down, especially like Riot Racers, because people have been cashing out uh, their earnings. But it'll be interesting to see what happens as these games release staking features, upgrading features, so that people can actually use their coins in-game and hopefully earn more. So it'll be interesting to see if the coins actually go up or down. Very, very cool. And we're actually showing our listeners a chart of Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin is looking a little bit bullish here. I know we're getting some bearish price action, but we are testing a long-term trend line. And we're actually coming in and holding that support at 21000 Billy, you've been heavily critical of Bitcoin, but we understand it still moves the market today. What are you keeping an eye on? And how does this price chart look to you, my friend? It's going to be, no, I'm, it, it does look a little bullish, but if you pull back over the time frame, there's another trend line back there that, that we have to pay attention to. Uh, if we break and close under that 21000 it's going to get really interesting. So uh, we just got to wait and see what Bitcoin closes at. But if it closes under $21,000, we are we're going to see some, some more bearish price action. Exactly. And we've got some more breaking news as the U.S. Federal Reserve president is, says we are not in a recession, or at least it doesn't feel like it. I just saw we had Johnny Crypto join the stream. Good morning, Johnny Crypto. Does this story mean anything to you? Uh, mute button, Johnny. Sorry about that, guys. Good morning, everybody. Sorry, I wasn't feeling well last night. It was a rough night, but um, hopefully you're all doing well. Um, just going back real quick to that chart you had on Bitcoin, just want to make a comment. If you remember two days ago, we had Mark Yusko on the show, and he said he feels crypto winter was in, it, blah, past us. He felt like that 17.5 was the bottom. Who knows? The guys manage a $2 billion hedge fund. So <laughs> let's see if he's right or wrong. It certainly kind of feels like he might be right, but we'll have to see which way it goes. It's very interesting. <clears throat> awesome. Thank um, you, Johnny. And I'd love for you to address, do you think we're in a recession? I know a couple of weeks ago we were debating. Everybody was arguing about the definition of what a recession is. Clearly right now spending is down and it does feel like we're in a recession. We entered it a couple months ago. What do you think about the U.S. Fed president saying it does not feel like a recession? Well, to me, forget all the definitions, all that bullshit, legal, legal, bumble, jumble crap, right? I look around and I, I look to see when we talk recession, do we see um, companies laying off people? Do we see un people being unemployed? Do we see prices to the roof, right? Do we see that kind of thing happening? And right now, where I am, so I don't know about the rest of the country, but where I am right now... Um, we're actually hiring. We're not. We're not laying up. We're not, we're not hiring heavy people, but we are filling people we lost. We aren't uh, cutting back heavily yet. Um, we haven't announced layoffs. We haven't made major layoffs. So, uh, to me, it's one of those things where when you start seeing that happen, announcement after announcement after announcement that big time companies are cutting back and laying off tons of people, you'll know it. You'll feel it. Um, so, again, I feel like we're headed 
to a major recession. I think one is coming. I'm not sure. You know, so so does it feel like we're in it right now? I think we're getting close to one. Johnny Cage had a really funny comment. He said, they're telling us we're not in a recession. To me, that means that we are. That's yeah, very funny. That's oh, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, it's very, very true. There's no question about it. I mean, we're definitely we're definitely feeling hyperinflation or a, a degree of inflation. I went to the store the other day. I bought like six items. It cost like 100 bucks. I was like, what the freak did I buy? It was crazy. So that for sure is happening. Awesome, guys. And we got 118 live listeners. If you are enjoying this content on this beautiful Friday, Warrior Maniac, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you guys why Bitcoin may be extremely undervalued during this bear market. As Fidelity's macro expert says, Bitcoin is currently cheap amid the biggest oversold condition in years. So let's break this thing down. Fidelity's director of macro, of global macro says that based on his thesis that Bitcoin will rise as its network grows, the flagship crypto asset is looking extremely cheap. If you believe in Bitcoin's adoption curve thesis, then it's reasonable to believe that Bitcoin is very cheap at these levels. The price of Bitcoin is below the actual projected growth of its network. And for him, the main nuance is the slope of the adoption curve. Whether we use the mobile phone curve or the internet curve as proxies, Bitcoin's price is below its actual and projected net growth curve. And the curve provides a fundamental anchor for Bitcoin's price. Right now, we went as low as $17,600 during this dip, and he actually draws some comparisons to gold. But Johnny, I want to bring this right back to you, my friend. Bitcoin does seem to be extremely undervalued. And when we interviewed Mark Yusko earlier this week, he said that fair valuation for Bitcoin was $32,000. It seems that Fidelity is agreeing as well. What does this article mean to you before I dive into some more quotes? When you think about what drove Bitcoin to 69, that has everybody thinking that Bitcoin is worth 69. It was a bunch of degenerate gamblers using leverage to drive the price way up beyond what it really should be worth, right? And so we know how the game works. Pendulum swings. Pendulum swing all the way to the right. The degenerates came in and pumped that son bitch up to 69. Then you have to deleverage and pull it all the way back, right? You take all that fake liquidity that doesn't belong there, people can't afford it, isn't real, out of the system. When you take everything out, you see how far down it can go. We saw it. We saw 17.5. Right now, the question is, can it go lower than that? Well, if you look at that and you look at net cash value saying it's around 33000 and you look at the overall 10 trend line, 17000 feels like a pretty damn good area of support to me. I suspect if we retest it again, it's probably going to hold again. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, I do think that when you look at fair market value of being around 33 and we're at, what, 21 today? Yeah, you'd have to argue and say the thing is undervalued. It's cheap. If it was a house and it was selling for, you know, 210000 it was average 330000 you'd say it's cheap. You'd buy it, right? Hold on, Johnny. And I'm actually going to dive into a couple more cool quotes here. As Timur had previously explained that Bitcoin's adoption rate is likely to mirror that of mobile phones or internet technology. The king of crypto was massively oversold, and the king of crypto is Bitcoin, was massively oversold during the recent market downturn and has deviated from the trend when the two are compared side by side. If Bitcoin is gold's precious younger sibling, it makes sense to look at Bitcoin's price versus gold. Technically, the recent sell-off produced the biggest oversold conditions in years when comparing Bitcoin to gold. We've had this conversation earlier in this week, but Billy, I want to kick it to you. What does this mean to you, and how do you feel about Bitcoin's evaluation compared to gold? We're going to show our listeners a chart right now. So it's funny when they when they try to do this evaluation because gold is uh, not valued at the price it should be either. It's uh, very, very devalued. So when you look at it in that aspect, uh, if, if you're valuing it like that, that means Bitcoin is very, very devalued. 
uh, if they're doing the comparison. Uh, and if you look at it in that aspect, then absolutely Bitcoin is at a buying price right now. Uh, not something that I personally am to, but when you look at it in that aspect, absolutely correct. It, it is at a good buying price. I'd be interested in it, though, when you bring that chart back out there to put one of the Fibonacci uh, spheres on there and see what it's doing. Because the only thing that concerns me is when you pull that out is it has a slight curvature of the of the bottom when it's coming around, just the way that it looks. But yeah, with that ratio and those economics involved, that absolutely makes sense. And we had Mark Yusko just this week say that crypto winter is long behind us. And it seems that until we break below that $17,500 mark, that is fair. But somebody's asking you, Billy, what should the gold, what should the fair price of gold actually be? An article came out this week that found out that JP Morgan had been suppressing gold and they arrested their officials for that. What does this mean to you, Billy? And what's the fair price of gold? So everybody knows gold's been suppressed forever. It's just like anything else. The elites control it. They can control the price. They can dominate the market on it. Uh, but the guy that actually, uh, Tom Keller, that I buy my gold from, we've had this conversation a few times uh, You know, when we talk about buying gold. Uh, and we've evaluated, well, he's told me that they evaluate value it at about 17000 at a real market value uh, of what it should be. So with that being said, that goes back to if even if Bitcoin was at 17000 you look at the price difference of that, that's a huge valuation difference. Um, and if you're in Bitcoin and they actually change the valuation over, that is a huge price gap. Um, but I'd like to see, I, I really do think in, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm not zoomed in. Uh, I think it's a little bull trap, though. I think I think there's going to be a little rug pull coming the fall. Uh, and that's just just my own opinion with everything else going on. So be very careful when you're doing this. Exactly. And we got 142 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Elbow that like button, just like Johnny Crypto's doing. We're about to dive into some Ethereum news. We got Cardano news. And of course, we got some Ripple XRP news. But we're going to start off with Ethereum gate because this story, I think this is going to be one of the most prominent stories after the Ripple XRP case. We've got a quote from William Hinman here talking about how Ethereum is not a security because it is not under development. Well, what about Ethereum 2.0? We're going to let this clip play and then we'll kick it to Johnny Crypto. Here we go. A token that's just used in the network for a good or service, and that's why people are buying it, and that service is available and up and running and not under development, then you may not have a security. Have on the other boom quote right there. If if it is under development, you may not have a security. Well, let me just understand one thing. Ethereum is clearly under development. We cover this every day on our show. We know that they have, I think, a half dozen upgrades coming up over the next two and a half years. Johnny Crypto, one is Ethereum under development, and two is Will Hinman gonna bite his words here. Well, first of all, we have a new member of the Rat Snake Weasel Club. So, guys, if somebody wants to create a board and throw him on there, he's up there, too. Throw him on that list. What he's saying, though, Abs, the way I interpret it is a little different than I think maybe the way it sounds. What what he's trying to say is if it's not under development, meaning is it out there for the very first time? And, and so, in my opinion, no, Ethereum's not under development. It's out there. It's running. It's working. It has apps on it. Um, I think what he's trying to say, if it's something that's, um, you're, you've launched and it's new and you, you, you're promoting trunk coin tokens to get money, to raise money or something that's, you're still developing and there's no apps built on it, then it's a security. I think what he's trying to say is ETH has already passed that point. The funny thing is, so is Ripple. I uh, so is XRP. So, I mean, you can't, he, this guy, he's just a, he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth over here. You can't have your cake and eat it to him. And the reality is at the end of the day. Ripple and, and Ethereum kind of did the same thing at the same time. So whatever one did, 
the other guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Never. this quote, Johnny. Do you know why this quote is so important? Is because in the Ripple XRP lawsuit, the SEC actually tried to call William Hinman Citizen Hinman to distance himself from some of his statements. But great comment, Justin. Oh, sorry, Johnny. Did you have additional comments? If not, I got another video for our listeners because we are just getting into the precipice of all this ETHgate news. Johnny, any closing statements or am I good to play this? You know, my neighbor decided to turn on a leaf blower. So go ahead. I don't want it. We'll do, we're going to do our listeners a favor and get into this video as Johnny's neighbor is currently blowing the leaves. We're going to show you guys a very relevant video talking about more exposing of Ethereum gate. We're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Moreover, putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, based on my understanding of the present state of Ether, the Ethereum network, its decentralized structure, we believe current offers and sales of Ether are not securities transactions. So if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, if I got prediction? hit by a, by a bus tomorrow, then like, like it's very possible that kind of the like long term strategic agenda around things like like sharding, you know, like Casper Plasma and so forth would end up going in a very in a substantially different direction yeah, in a lot sure. of details. That's pretty much the whole clip right there. It talks about how Vitalik Buterin is essential to Ethereum success. And in a lot of ways, if you're betting on Vitalik and you're betting on the Ethereum network, you're betting on a security. Billy, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Of course, I do. I want to I want to clarify. I own Ethereum. I love Ethereum. I'm an advocate of Ethereum, and I think it's going to be successful because the banks have chosen for this currency to be successful. But it's important to expose the game here and show that Ethereum was clearly given a free pass. And Vitalik Buterin even went as far to say that that XRP lost its protection when it called Ethereum a China coin. What does this tell you, Billy? So, yeah, same thing as you. I, I have Ethereum as well, but uh, we have to expose it is what it is for what it is. Um, both of them are rat snake weasels. Uh, it just Henman's so full of shit that you can't trust anything that he says because he talks out of both sides of his mouth. And then Vitalik, of course, he's going to promote ETH. But if, if he leaves, yeah, I think ETH would be in big trouble. Uh ETH is definitely one of the projects that I, I believe has a future, just like you said, because it is one of the chosen ones. But the fact that they didn't take care of gas fees is going to be a huge thing moving forward, I think, for them. Uh, it's going to be really a hefty, I'm going to call it a fine for them to pay with everybody. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's the same thing. And I, yeah, do, I agree it's a security. I do think that the current merge, although it's not reducing gas fees, it's going to be almost zero carbon emission. We know that's going to be a huge narrative. That's probably going to be involved in every single news article going forward. After the Ethereum merge, they're going to try to call Ethereum carbon neutral, but we all know that's not the case. We are about to dive into some more news that is not Ethereum related as Ripple's biggest critic makes a U-turn and calls out the SEC's overreach and suing of Ripple Labs. Crypto law founder John Deaton mentioned that Ripple's most vocal critic, Ryan Shelkis, has condemned the SEC's overreach. He stated that, but even in quite possibly Ripple's biggest critic, Ryan, the CEO of Masari, has recognized the SEC's overreach and stated that he hopes Ripple defeats the SEC. In fact, Ryan will be having a fireside chat with Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse next month to discuss this very issue. The reason this is so important is because this has been one of the most prominent crypto figures criticizing XRP, criticizing the centralized network, but now he's actually promoting them over the SEC because the SEC are larger rat snake weasels. Am I right, Johnny Crypto? Oh, sorry, Johnny Crypto is not on stream. I'm going to continue with this article. Ryan Sheltis was very vocal in his criticism against Ripple XRP. And earlier, he wrote off XRP by questioning its utility, saying that the question is, is if the cryptocurrency is necessary in Ripple's ecosystem, the odds of XRP being used by enterprises that's very low. That's a quote from 2018, so very outdated. But now he's shifted sentiment and he's turned bullish on XRP. 
I want to turn to our group. We haven't heard from NFT Tones in a little while. NFT Tones, the SEC is under some heat, but Jim Cramer is still publicly promoting them. What does this mean to you that the SEC is being rooted against in this rep case? So I think it's really important to realize that a lot of people are... So I think it's important to realize that that XRP is not... To me, I don't think it's a security, and a lot of other people don't think it's a security. And so the SEC did the wrong they're playing with fire here because if they don't get a win it's going to look bad for them so and with everybody going against them it it's really interesting billy we know that ripple xrp i mean whatever comes out of this lawsuit it's going to be regulation for the entire market and we're all prepared for that what do you think this means that one of the heaviest critics of xrp is now publicly supporting them stating that the sec is out of line because they never gave uh they never gave regulation for these projects to abide by it's crazy how everybody flips. All the haters always flip when they when they finally get honest with themselves. Uh, but the fact that anybody, whether you like XRP, Ripple or not, the fact that you you have to acknowledge the SEC's overreaching this. Like it's it's a it's way out there. And like I said, if you like it or not, uh, you don't want something like that happen to your company. But just like I remember way back in the day, Bitboy used to hate on XRP as well, and now he's a very big proponent of XRP because anyone who really looks at it and is honest with themselves understands the real world solve that it brings. Exactly. And we're seeing that more and more as time goes by. We just covered a story yesterday talking about how Ripple is now going to be used in Brazil. Well, XRP is being used in Japan and it's also being used in the UAE. Also, they've already registered it as a currency. So that's very reassuring for many of our XRP investors out there. But Vitalik Buterin, who once worked at Ripple, is now heavily criticizing the currency. As Vitalik Buterin stated once again, he took to Twitter to rile up the XRP community, saying that XRP lost its protection when the CEO called it a China coin. Buterin was referring to the argument presented by Ripple in its ongoing legal battle with the SEC that XRP should not be classified as security since Ethereum and Bitcoin are similar products. Ripple could defend itself, said John Deaton, and is going to turn out on the right side of this lawsuit. But he argued that Buterin's comment was a slap in the face of XRP holders who lost funds as a result of the lawsuit. CTO of Ripple, David Schwartz, compared the cryptocurrency miners in Ethereum and Bitcoin ecosystems to shareholders of eBay, which he believed equates to Bitcoin and Ethereum being securities as well. This is something we're going to keep a close eye on. I do believe that Bitcoin and Ethereum will be given a free pass in both Canada and the United States to be registered by the CFTC and not the SEC. Billy, I'm coming right back to you. What does this article mean to you? I, I agree. I, I think they're both going to get passes. But scroll up a little bit to that that one. They were worried about what uh, argues the comment was a slap in the face of XRP holders who lost their funds. Nobody cares about XRP holders or anybody's holders. Someone just got their feelings hurt because people were smart talking smack back and forth like johnny was talking about when we were on the show the other day that's part of what they do they they criticize each other they they rile people up and, and that's all that's was they're not worried about anybody's customer base or anything like that johnny crypto i hope they turned off that leaf flubber but we're gonna find out in about two seconds what do you think about vitalik buterin i want to remind our listeners we had somebody comment vitalik actually started his cryptocurrency journey working at ripple now he's one of their heaviest critics what does this tweet in this article mean to you my friend First of all, there's like literally four leaves on the ground. And whenever I use my leaf blower, either run out of gas or the battery dies. But nope, this one just runs forever for four freaking leaves. Took forever. Add we another one to the rate, rat snake weasel index, Johnny. Un <laughs> Unbelievable. But anyway, um, you know, yeah, well, we know Vitalik is. I mean, obviously, listen, 
there's no question about it that these guys are getting a free pass. These two company, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, they obviously are well connected, and uh, and I think going going in the future, those are the two. Those are two that you're gonna that I want to anyway have in my bags, right? Bringing them on board with me, um, they are gonna get a free pass. You're already seeing it; it's already written in the rules. They already came out and said BTC is a commodity. Um, I assume Ethereum will come out and they'll say that's an economy. I mean, you just heard you heard Hinman what he said, right? They're already subliminal programming you guys or us, telling us that ETH is not as well because it's no longer under development. And what he means by that again is because it's already out there. I mean, technology is always under development, so that's just how it works. But it's already launched, right? But yeah, in terms of this article, I think this is just two companies going you know, at each other, um, and you know, there's probably some bad blood there if he worked at Ripple, right? I don't know, and Swartz and him, so maybe there's some bad blood there, probably the key developers. So no surprise there that this is going on. What worries me is ETH seems to get all the free passes and Ripple seems to get all the beatings. And so I'm wondering if, you know, is it part of the plan, as Yusko says, uh, typically in general, or did the, the management at Ripple piss off some of the big boys and now they're, they're, they're getting the full brunt of the, the government? Uh, we'll have to find out. We're going to find out soon enough, folks. Beautiful. Billy, did you have another comment there? No. no, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So we're going to continue with this. Johnny, I wanted to bring up something that you mentioned that was very important. Yesterday or earlier this week, Canada actually put a restriction on all cryptocurrencies that were not Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, or Litecoin. And the main reason for that is because those are the only cryptocurrencies that they have currently classified as assets and not securities. This is the example of protection that Vitalik Buterin was talking about and that he believes XRP does not deserve Johnny, I want to go to you to just talk about what's happening here, right? They're putting restrictions on cryptocurrencies that are already established, such as Cardano. Whoops, my mic fell. Cardano, Solana, and several others. You're not allowed to buy more than $30,000 worth, and they're claiming to protect investors. Could this be the beginning of a much larger global movement to restrict the ability to purchase certain cryptos? Absolutely, it could be. I told you this yesterday on the show. I, I feel like this is a back to the 1933 gold ban when the government said you couldn't have gold anymore, right? They were they were picking, in this case, gold only. Now, you certainly, you, you, you definitely, you know, we just go talked about this. The question is more important than the answer. I don't know the answer. But the question is, why? Why is a government coming out and saying to its citizens, you can only buy X and Y, and, and you can only have so much of it, and you can't buy A, B, C, D? That is not. A good thing. That's That is not very good. Not a, you know, and, and for me, it makes you wonder, okay, what is the overall underlying agenda? Why do they not want those those currencies or those technologies in people's hands? And it actually, frankly, to be honest with you, makes me want to have it even more. And you know what bothers me, Johnny, is that they always use the guidelines of protection. They're claiming that they're protect, they're protecting 100%. investors. They're protecting investors by not allowing them to purchase the assets that they want. But if you want to go and take a flight to Vegas and put 50000 on red, be my guest, my friend. But, Billy, I know you got some comments, so I'm going to kick it to you. It's one of those dangerous territories that we're getting into. Uh, we all know once they get power, they're never going to give it back. So understanding this, the grip's just going to get a little tighter and tighter over time. So this is this is this is not a good thing for Canada, man. I don't want anybody telling me how I can spend my money. First of all, you tax, especially here, you tax the money that we make, tax the money that you spend, and now they're going to tell you how much you you can spend on what. It's not a good thing. 
and I think it's the start of a much larger movement. But Johnny, I want to kick it back to you. We've talked about how this is inevitable, right? They're always going to use the guidelines of protecting investors to squeeze out our rights. What do you think about this? I really want to know your honest opinion. Jim Cramer is talking about he wants the SEC to follow these guidelines and restrict investors from purchasing certain cryptos. With people on CNBC like Jim Cramer calling for those regulations to come in, is there any chance American investors are restricted from purchasing certain cryptos? We're already witnessing this with XRP. Uh, I certainly think there's a chance. Absolutely. There's always, because think about this. What do we know the first regulation that's coming out? What do we know about it? We know they're regulating what? Stable coins. Yes, correct. They're going to say, oh, it's okay to use a stable coin. Well, what the freak? It's just a stable coin. Can't, can't make money at it. Can't do shit with it. Exactly. exactly. A flat $1 thing that you can't do anything with, right? And then they're going to say, okay, you can have some Bitcoin. You can have some Ethereum. Everything else is off, off the plate. And um, so... Uh, the, the guise of protection is always the biggest joke ever. Um, so you could, the minute you hear that, you already know <laughs> it's, it's, there's something else going on there. But I do think, Abs, it would not surprise me. If you had asked me this question 20 years ago, I would have told you absolutely not. You're crazy. America's the freest country in the world. Now, where we're headed and the way things are going, I don't put nothing past anything. It is very possible that they may be starting in Canada and try to test it there and then roll out this, this thing around the rest of the world. And, um, it's going to suck for Americans and for any place else where that happens, if that does happen. So I hope it doesn't, but it wouldn't, I would not say never. And I think restricting citizens from emerging markets and restricting people from purchasing the goods and services that they like is never okay. But we got 175 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. If you like this new animation, you could thank the node defender. Cause he actually created that this week, but we're about to show you guys an amazing video from our good friend, Tony Edward, of the Thinking Crypto channel. Guy puts out phenomenal content. So if you're looking to learn more about crypto, go check our friend Tony out. He actually interviewed SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce and asked her about Ethereum and the regulations that are currently going on right now. We're going to let this clip play and get some comments from our group. Here we go. No, I mean, I really can't speak to it. And, and I just can't comment on that question. I can't talk about. Oh, sorry. This is actually the wrong video. So I'm going to pull up the correct video. This is a video of all the times that Tony Edwards asked Hester Pierce a tough question and she was not able to answer it. Johnny, I want to give you the floor for just a couple minutes because I'm going to copy and paste the correct video and get that for our listeners. Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. I'm just, I'm just amazed. Tony, Tony's so impressive. He gets all the big boys on his show. I mean, they, you know, to have Hester Pierce on it, that's very, very impressive. Uh, so I am very interested to see uh, how it went, what it said. Um, so as you're trying to pull that up, we can, Beautiful. Uh, I'm ready to go, Johnny. Thank you so right. much for doing that. Always great to have Johnny here to cover my back, but we're going to let this clip play asking some difficult questions about Ethereum and the SEC. Here we go. I have to ask you some questions around Ethereum and one of your former colleagues, um, Bill Hinman, and this may be awkward, but I have to ask because there has been uh, certain information release through the ripple case, even FOIA requests from, Empower Oversight, which is a whistleblower, nonprofit whistleblower organization. So um, there are sayings that the ethics department in, at the SEC warned Bill Hinman about conversations with Simpson Thatcher, who is part of the Ethereum Alliance. Uh, Bill Hinman gave a speech about Ethereum saying it's not a security. Jay Clayton, Commissioner Jackson, a bunch of folks endorsed that speech and have publicly referenced it as a kind of a standard. I want to, if I don't know what you can say about this, but I want to get your thoughts. And the public is is feeling a lack of confidence in the SEC as as a result of these uh, details. So FOIA requests come in all the time, and they're they're handled. We have 
rules and processes around the way they're handled. And, and so that, um, you know, these FOIA requests you're talking about will be handled according to those same rules and processes. And, and, uh, and that's typically how, you know, how people can get information about what agencies are doing. They use FOIA requests all the time. Are you able to comment on any of the potential ethics concerns and potential conflicts of interest around? Uh, I can't comment. Okay. Boom. Giving us all the answers that we need. Even if you don't comment, Hester, we know what's going on in your mind. Johnny, I want to give you a chance to expose the game here. We always talk about how Hester Pierce is considered crypto mom, but now they're actually naming somebody at the CFTC, the new crypto mom. Hester Pierce is okay giving up that position. I want to give a shout out to Tony Edwards asking the tough questions here. This is an SEC commissioner, and he really put it all on the line. So shout out to you, Tony. But, Johnny, what caught your attention in this clip? Well, first of all, I loved how Tony <laughs> didn't let her off the hook. He came back around because I thought he was going to let her go, but he came back around and said, hey, so can you comment on this other thing? Because she really beat completely around the bush, frankly, to be honest with you. You know, I love Crypto Mom. I've been a big supporter of her, and I was, frankly, a little disappointed by her answer. She completely danced the question, right? He didn't ask about the FOIA request. He just mentioned it. And she talked about it probably because she can't say anything else. And, you know, I get it. So it's just sad because I would have loved to hear her true thoughts. And unfortunately, you can't because the case is pending. But maybe Tony can meet up with her after the case and we can get her true thoughts on what she really thinks. Because we all know that Hinden was told. I mean, it's just out in the public now. It's just freaking a joke at this point. I'm pretty sure we all know that Hinden went to the, to, went to the SEC. Attorneys, they told him it was okay. They blessed his speech. He came out and said he is not a security. And now they're trying to back. I mean, they're dancing this thing so much. They go backward trying to do the Michael Jackson moonwalk and everything else possible to hide something that's already out in the general public. Come on, just own it. Just admit it and just get the goddamn case over with. Jesus Christ already. You're spot on, Johnny. And I think we're going to see more of this activity, more of these avoiding of the answering of the questions. It was so funny to watch her frustration grow on her face. The more he asked the questions, the more frustration, the more tense she got. But Billy, I want to kick it to you. What did that video say to you? And is Hester Pierce a good player in this market? It's really hard to tell. Dude, that was a great interview. Uh, it, it, for her not answering, that that tells me everything that we need to know. Uh, like Johnny said, just get this shit over with so we can – get on with it. But I, I do like Hester. She's a pretty good interview, uh, but she held herself. I've that, that's, that's an interesting that she put it the way that she did though, especially with not answering the way she did. That's that tells you everything you need. NFT tones. We know you love your gaming and play to earn, but when we talk about XRP, we got to reference Hester Pierce. Where's your dog in this fight? NFT tones. I'm not even sure what you stand on this. How do you feel about the sec suing ripple? And what do you think about Hester Pierce giving all these terrible answers? Wow. All I'm going to say is hashtag BUSD, BUSD has flipped XRP to become the sixth largest cryptocurrency in the world by market value. I'll leave it there. I don't even think stable coins should be in that list. That's right? stupid. I agree. That's yeah. stupid. That doesn't make sense. Scrap that well, thing. Someone should make a new list. Somebody ought to make a new list and take all the stable coins out of it. It's just ridiculous. I completely agree, Johnny. And we're actually going to dive into our next story because we have some Jim Cramer news out there for our listeners. We got 185 warriors out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button on this beautiful Friday. And if you like the fact that NFT Tones turned on his camera for this episode, be sure to smash that thing an extra two times for us. All love NFT Tones. But we're going to dive into this new article as Jim Cramer urges the SEC to crack down on crypto pump and dumps. And he wants the SEC, not the CFTC, to control this market. So CNBC's Jim Cramer has urged the United States Securities and Exchange Commission to crack down on cryptocurrency pump and dump schemes. 
Crypto pumping is one of the most troubling issues that the securities regulators should be pursuing right now, according to Jim Cramer. He also claims that there's a lot of cryptocurrencies out there being propped up by their creators that end up being liquidated into the hype. I think it's vital for the SEC to pursue these targets aggressively, said Kramer. He fears that Congress may put crypto under the under the pursue of the Commodities Futures and Trading Commission. The SEC sister regulator would then have a much less aggressive approach towards the crypto market. And a new bill would give senators, a new bill that was applied by senators would give authority over to the CFTC. Yes, people, I can read, even though I'm stuttering a lot this morning. Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you, my friend. What does this article say to you that Jim Cramer doesn't want the CFTC involved in this market? He wants the SEC to actually regulate crypto. I mean, this this this, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. This is why he's the top of the rat snake weasel club, because this guy single-handedly and admitted it in a bunch of videos, how he manipulated and did pump and dump and all this illegal shit he did, which he claims is not illegal because the rules aren't. But the stock market today is still full of pump and dumps. They dump it. They do it all the time. They haven't addressed it. He's not calling for it there. He personally manipulated and did all this kind of stuff when he was in the business. And it was okay then. And he's not calling for it to be addressed in the stock market. But now he wants to call for it in the crypto market. No, you can't. You can't. I can't take this guy, man. I really, I can't. I can't take it. It's a, it's just too comical. It's too, it's too comical. It's crazy. He wants the market to be hurt. He wants investors and he wants projects to be drained in order for the betterment of investors. But for that to happen, investors have to lose money. I'm gonna wait, keep- wait, 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 wait. Let me just say this: for the betterment, what investors have, who's gonna gain when, when they fund it and they shake everything out? Who's gonna the gain? Banks. The big boys. As Yusko said, when you want to buy something, what do you do? You go, you short it, you do some manipulation, you drop it down, and then they come in and, and all the buddies buy everything up cheap, cheap, and then they, boom, unlaunch this thing. And I think what we're witnessing is we all know, and I think you used to, like 2023, 2024 is when we're going to see this market really kind of, we're like back in 1997, remember? Um, and so you, they want to load their bags with as cheap as possible of assets as they can. So that when this thing takes off, people can't even fathom what exponential looks like, right? We're going to get exponential growth in some of these things. And these guys want to make sure they're buying it as cheap as possible. And I think that's what's really happening, Abs. I think you're spot on. And I really don't think there's anything we could add there. Let's just dive into our next article. As there is a house right now in Connecticut being sold for almost $6 million, or I should say Bitcoin, because this house is being sold in Bitcoin and it's happening in Connecticut. Johnny, so I wanted to pull this article up for you, my friend. What do you think about this $6 million estate being sold in cryptocurrency? Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, that's definitely not mine. So I don't want to hear no comments out there. I mean, maybe that's uh, what's his name's out there. We got uh, Paul Newman lives out here. We've got uh, maybe Vince McMahon, WW. Maybe Vince is getting out now that he got, you know, <laughs> he got sued. I have no idea who's this, but it's very interesting to see a transaction this large happening in Bitcoin. It almost, to be honest with you, Abs, in my opinion, when something like this happens, it kind of validates it. It almost puts like Bitcoin on the map. In other words, there are people willing to accept it and buy it. And, and, you know, and it's going to be a store of value or a currency, right? Again, what is currency? It's just it's just fake, fake stuff that people are willing to use to barter back and forth. And in this case, if people are using you know, willing to use uh, Bitcoin as that value or, or means of a transaction. I think it just kind of just conti- continues to add validation and potential adoption to it. I mean, $6 million. That's pretty big. It's and a big chunk of change. It ain't no Trump change, right? 
And, um, and, and it's going to happen within, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes, that transaction will be done. And then boom, that, that money changes over that quickly. And, uh, that's that's i wonder if this is the first of its kind in the country that that's very big it's, this is a very interesting article and it's very a massive fast. estate johnny it is a massive massive estate but one of the things that's exciting is that the owner actually said that she holds she plans on holding her cryptocurrency this Despite the volatile nature of the digital asset market, the seller has no plans to convert the potential cryptocurrencies received as a payment for home or to cash assets. She's not going to turn it over and convert it into anything else. She's going to add it to her long-term crypto portfolio. This must be a good good morning crypto listener, but Johnny Crypto wants to take us home here. Well, think about what Mark said the other day when we had him on the show. He said, how do you break away from the system, right? Well, part, you know, fiat, you're in, it, you're in the system. But there's another way now. There's Bitcoin. And you want to put some of your assets into Bitcoin as that gets, that gets, that's right. Give that, give that like button a warrior elbow drop guys. Um, so what, what, yeah. And, and so what that does is I lost my train of thought here. Yeah. So you, this person, if you think about what they're doing, they're taking some asset that they had a, 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 a physical, in this case, home asset converted it into a freedom asset, if we're calling Bitcoin the freedom way, you know, a decentralized uh, currency. And they're, they're, they're basically transactionally and transferring some of that over in there. I actually think, because think about this, Abs. Somebody who's selling a house for six, $6 million probably has a lot more money in the bank, right? So you figure maybe they got 20, 30, I don't know, 40 million in the bank. And now you're taking some portion of that. And in this case, the house, and you're selling it and you're converting it into Bitcoin and you're holding it there. So all you've, all you've really done is converted in a sense equity or fiat into some other form of, of uh you know what we call here gold right digital gold another type of asset so i think it's brilliant and frankly to be honest with you if i ever sell one of my houses that's what i'm gonna do that's a great freaking idea i love Johnny, it my advice would be sell it in xrp and save yourself some money on those gas fees but we're gonna dive into our next story is mtv is introducing the best metaverse performance as an award category nft tones i'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts on this article the 2022 mtv video music awards added a new category to its list of competition categories this year artists are eligible to compete under the category of best metaverse performance for the coveted award the VMAs took into account performances in the metaverse and created a brand new award category. This year, we're seeing a couple of big names. We've got Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, and several other prominent figures up for the, the award. This is pretty exciting, and I think we're only going to see more and more of this going forward. NFT Tones, what does it mean to you that MTV is recognizing the metaverse as an environment? I mean, if you think about it, Fortnite has been doing concerts in their game other games are doing concerts such as uh, Roblox. So it was only a matter of time before we got this best metaverse performance. And I think it's really going to be interesting to see as we see more performers enter the metaverse and try to compete and try to become one of the best performers in the metaverse. And it's really cool to see prominent names on here, such as Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, because we talk about this all the time. People associate these names. If those names are investing in this stuff, then retail believes they should be too. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some quick thoughts on the Metaverse Awards. This is a category that's only going to continue to grow over these next few years. I would even say the next decade, but we're seeing some fundamental steps taken here. What does it mean to you? I'm sorry, I missed the part. Did it say what is this the central land or meta or what you what, what what no it was just performances within the metaverse? It doesn't actually specify which metaverse. Oh, I would love to know that because as we talked about the other day, we know the metaverse is coming. Okay, there's no question about it. You're seeing the beginning of it. 
But as Mark talked about, and I think it's a very valid point, is which metaverse is ultimately going to uh, be there, right? And which ones are we going, what, what are the choices? Where are people going with? And you can go with something that's kind of like known like Facebook, right? Or meta. But yet we're seeing a lot of people choose Sandbox and, and as you talked about, uh, Decentraland. So I'm curious of what they did. That would probably be more interesting. But it's no surprise that they are subliminally programming everybody. Listen, guys, all you guys out there, you're going you're gonna to have this on. Future, this is going to be all your kids. They're going to be wearing this big thing on their head. Or maybe it'll be thinner now because they'll improve it. So it'll be, it won't be out here in the world. It'll be like really thin. But this is where you're going to be walking around. You're going to have a set of glasses on. But guys, you're going to be living in the metaverse. That's your future. The, the matrix is coming. And we're seeing another development here as we have an update from Hollywood. Meta Hollywood tapped Soma Finance to tokenize the film industry. Tokenization has found its way into the film industry, fundamentally changing how they operate from the ground up. Somnia Finance is teaming up with Meta Hollywood as the largest virtual company for movie lovers, studios, and creators. The alliance will see Soma Finance selected to its issuing partner for Meta Hollywood's upcoming ecosystem for digital securities, spanning physical and digital assets. The collaboration covers the most niche activities and ideas in the industry with lots of room to grow. It leverages Soma's regulatory compliance infrastructure to offer Hollywood fanatics in the United States and around the globe access to compliance securities for both NFT issuance and trading. Here's a really exciting quote that I want our listeners to understand is that through this partnership, Meta Hollywood will be able to offer its community the exclusive opportunity to own some of its most iconic movie memorabilia in Hollywood industry, including a history of films. And they break down a list, whether that's Star Wars, uh, Marvel Comics, DC Comics, the list goes on and on. We're watching the floodgates open here for not only the NFT market, but for the estate market when it comes to digital assets, NFT tones. What does this article say to you? This could be potentially really huge because as somebody who collects memorabilia and collectibles, this is really important because this allows people a way to collect some of the stuff that hasn't been collectible before. And I mean, it's only a matter of time before we saw movies and film get actually tokenized. I mean, we saw Gala Film come out and try to do this and they're still working on it. So it's only a matter of time before I think movies and TV are actually tokenized. And I think this is going to help a lot because if you look at the music and movie industry, a lot of these people are underpaid. And I think this is going to help them start to make a lot more money than what they are being paid right now. Johnny Crypto, NFT Tones brought up something important, which is that it's all about the making of money. And this is another way that Hollywood can profit off of its films and some of its digital assets as well. What do you think about this larger shift? I mean, there's got some good movies in here. Marvel Comics, DC Comics, Star Wars, other blockbuster franchises are going to be offered. What does that say to you? Well, so first off, for, so I got two thoughts on this. So first off, from the memorabilia perspective side, that's huge. Because I know tons and tons of movie fanatics, Star Wars guys, that have tons of memorabilia and stuff like that, right? So I think from that perspective, be able to have a piece of that, that's going to be a huge business for them. The part for me that I always wanted, and I don't know if this is going to enable it, but so this is why I'm, I'm again, the question is more important than the answer. I want to know, will they NFT the movie? Because I want to own the movie. I don't give a shit about the member. I want to be able to own a piece of the movie. So like when they made, I remember when Spider-Man 1 came out, I knew it was going to be huge. I knew it was going to be huge monsters, right? I wanted to own a piece of that movie before it came out, you know, so you can kind of make, make some earnings on that. And there was no way to buy into movies per se, other than you'd have to own the company itself and 
you know, companies always find a way to lose money. So to me, you know, like Spider-Man went on to make, I think, a billion dollars globally or something. To me, abs, the question is, are they going to make it so that the standard, you know, guy sitting at home can own a piece of the actual movie? Because the NFT allows you to do that. That so, would be fascinating to me if they so made that. Part. When you say that, do you mean like an actual clip of the movie, like what Top Shot does, like when a player scores? Then no, they take I don't want a clip of them. When, no, no, no. I don't want that's garbage. I could, I could snip and do a screen capture. And, no, I mean, I want to like, like the way the NFT homes, right? Someone posted the NFT homes. They could tokenize and chop up a home, and then you own a piece of it, and you get a piece of income off of that home, kind of a thing, right? Like a REIT. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Will they say, okay, here's a movie. We're going to raise so much money. We want to raise this money. We're going to go make this movie. And oh, by the way, you guys helped raise this money through the NFTs. So you now own a piece of it and you get a revenue stream from that. That's what I want to see happen. If that's what this article means, then I'm super, super excited about it. And I don't know if they go into the detail to talk about that. But if it's just about the memorabilia, frankly, I'm not that excited because I don't, I'm not the type of guy that's got a hundred thousand things taped on my wall or mounted in my wall from different movies have. But if I can own a piece of a real movie before it launches, oh, that that's huge to me. So awesome. let, let me ask one more question. What do you think about all these uh, famous people like Shawn Michaels coming out, creating NFTs and offering some kind of poster or something along those lines with their NFTs that they offer? Johnny Crypto, do you have any comments there? I think we lost service. Sorry, we're going to keep it going and move into our next article. As we had 190 million XRP shifted by Ripple and its leading ODL corridor, we're looking at the Ripple demand go up, up, and up. And this is another example of that. As Crypto Tracker Whale Alert spread the word about nearly 200 million XRP transferred to Ripple Fintech Behemoth and its major ODL corridor, Bitso. This is humongous because we know the demand is increasing for XRP and the price chart, it's actually looking a little bit optimistic regardless of the market sentiment today. Johnny Crypto, we only got about a minute here. Why don't you close us out on this demand for XRP? You know, this is important. We talked about, we saw an article yesterday. The demand for XRP seems to keep going up. We know there's a new bank in Brazil that just took on and is going to use RippleNet's technology and its ODL. And they're going to use XRP as the remittance currency for settlement in the ODL. So that's huge. Again, so it makes you wonder, you know, what's happening here? Is this another, is this just to fulfill that need of that, of that transaction that happened? Or is there another one coming? You know, this is, this is what, uh, Bitso Exchange. Yeah. So again, this is great news. Love to continue to see more and more use cases driving up the demand for XRP. That's exactly what you want to see if you're an XRP holder, because at the end of the day, that, is what's going to drive the price up. Thank you so much, Johnny. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do, by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. I love these new little animations Mario put on here, but I hope everyone has an amazing weekend. We had another great episode today, and we're going to see you guys in about 71 hours. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>